The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker, President and CEO of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Brianna Price, Marketing Coordinator for the Chamber. Hey, everyone. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber, but made possible through a phenomenal partnership with Dolphin Image Studios. Our producer from Dolphin is Nate. Hey, Nate, tell our listeners a little bit about your studios. All right. Dolphin Image Studios is a uh, full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000 square foot soundstage, psych wall, LED wall, and a podcast studio. If you want to find us, just go to facebook.com backslash Dolphin Image Studios. This podcast would not be possible without our chamber and investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Advent Health. Advent Health came to Polk County in September 2019 with the acquisition of Heart of Florida Regional Medical Center and Lake Wales Medical Center and has swiftly become an active and engaged community partner. Established in 1908 by pioneering Seventh-day Adventists who believed in the whole person's health, healing the body, mind, and spirit, Advent Health has grown into one of the largest nonprofit hospitals in the country. In addition to the two hospitals in Polk County, Advent Health also has Centricare, an urgent care facility on Cypress Gardens Boulevard, and a physician's group office on First Street in downtown Winter Haven. Learn more at adventhealth.com. Today, we are so lucky to have with us one of the nicest, kindest, and most generous people ever to walk the earth, Greg Littleton, president of Citizens Bank and Trust. Today's main interview sponsor is CertiPay, a company focused on customized payroll and human resource solutions. CertiPay is powered by people. They build their technology in-house, which means they are able to build, optimize, and customize solutions specifically for their clients. Any payroll company can cut a check, initiate a direct deposit, or file taxes. CertiPay takes the time to understand your business and your goals. They go beyond the typical vendor relationship to position as your strategic business partner. As a proud business partner of Citizens Bank and Trust, CertiPay assists their business clients with payroll, HR, and commercial insurance with customized solutions. CertiPay, they are large enough to push the technology envelope and small enough to give you a personal touch. Greg Littleton has been with Citizens Bank and Trust since 1997 and in 2001 became the bank's president at the young age of 34. He is one of the most trusted community members in Polk County and dedicates so much of his personal time to nonprofits helping to build a better community. Citizens Bank and Trust is celebrating 100 years in business in 2020. Today, Greg has with him two of his senior vice presidents, Bonnie Parker, Director of Wealth Management, 
and Chad Tagto, Chief Information Officer. Greg, Bonnie, Chad, thank you so much for being here today. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having us. Absolutely. So, Greg, we are going to start with you. You were born and raised in Polk County. Tell me about your life here, growing up here, and why you decided to stay here and raise your family. I loved growing up in Auburndale, and it really is um, its kind of a mixture of things. It's the place where we live. It's a lot of family that I have here, a lot of friends, of course, a lifetime of friends. And as I was going to school, I never had any desire to go anywhere else. I went off to school to Tennessee, but all along I knew that I wanted to come back home. And why banking? Why did you decide on a career in banking? It kind of decided on me. Uh, when I got out of school, I was engaged to be married. I spent my last uh, few dollars on an engagement ring. It was May <laughs> of 1989, and I was uh, to be married in November of that year. And I came home, and the economy wasn't that great in 1989 here in mm -hmm. Polk County. So I started looking for a job. I had a finance degree, and I tried uh, several different industries. And the search really didn't take that long. It was only uh, a few weeks that I was home before I started work. But Barnett Bank was the first job offer that I got. And uh, to be honest with you, if it had been State Farm or if it had been um, – an investment house, I probably would have went with them because I was desperate for a job. So <laughs> How your life would have been different That's in exactly that time. right. <laughs> so I started as a collector in 1989 with Barnett Bank for the grand sum of $6.50 an hour. Wow. And in collections? In collections. I, Where I, you had to intimidate people to pay. I'm very intimidating, Katie. <laughs> you should know that by I now. cannot imagine that in any way, shape, or form. I, I really uh, didn't hello, like sir. it Hello, sir. Yes, lot. I would really, really like for you to pay your bill now, please. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, this is a little bit off topic, but um, so I recently just found out that you are an avid Harley Davidson fan. Um, which I'm sure that that surprises a lot of people. So how did you become a biker, um, and where has been your favorite place to ride? Well, being a biker evokes a lot of different images <laughs> to people. Um, <laughs> I do I, I do own a Harley-Davidson, and I love the brand. But more than that, I, I love motorcycles. I've owned all different kinds over the last 25 years, wow. I guess. I didn't grow up riding, but I've been riding for about 25 years, and uh, there's a small group of us, four or five, who have literally ridden tens of thousands of miles together. Uh, we've made, uh, most recently over the last three or four years, we've made three cross-country trips. And probably my very favorite ride that we went on was uh, the Route 66. We started in Los Angeles, went to Chicago, and then we rode home. And uh, that, besides the ride and the scenery, probably the thing that I love the most is just the camaraderie that we right. enjoy and we do uh, several long weekends a year and uh, it's just a lot of fun. My, my very most favorite ride of all though would be US-1 down the Overseas Highway and we do that every year, ride down to Key West. Nice. So you've been actively involved in so many nonprofit and civic groups in Polk County and I know picking a favorite is probably like picking your favorite child, but what experiences or accomplishments are you most proud of in your volunteer service? There's a few things that I'm proud of, Katie. One is um, I had 20 years' worth of service on the board at the CFDC. I was uh, able to serve as their chairman twice. Uh, that's something I'm really proud of, along with my service to Polk Vision, and I was able to lead that organization uh, two different times. But Probably uh, the two things that I'm most proud of would be uh, that I was chair of Polk State College uh, District Board of Trustees, mm -hmm. 
uh, and led the search committee as we found uh, and hired Dr. Angela Falconetti. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like I played a pretty good role in hiring you. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that those two things in all seriousness are the things that I'm probably most proud of in my community service over the years. Well, thank you. I'm very glad that you hired me, Greg. Thank you very much. (laughs) Can I just throw something in here? That when we knew Bob Gernert was going to retire several years before he did, and Greg was not on the board at the time, and I believe I, perhaps my board term had expired, but I was still involved, and I was the one that called and invited Greg to be a member of the board of directors for the chamber, and I remember that conversation saying, Greg, we need you because Bob's going to retire in a few years and we're going to need help in finding a wonderful new executive director and we're going to need strong leadership on the board for that transition. And that was when I did not work for Citizens Bank and Trust. So it's oh, kind wow. of interesting wow. how we're all tied together so closely. It is. It is. And I mean, that's those are the decisions made for any of those organizations that uh, – provide the health of the future of that organization. So um, thank you for that and that service. And certainly Dr. Falconetti uh, was an excellent selection as well. And and she will actually be one of our upcoming podcast guests as well. So so a big part of why you're here today um, is Citizens Bank and Trust. And uh, as I mentioned, they are celebrating their 100 years this year. Um, So Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of Citizens Bank? I'd be glad to. And I just have to tell you that I, I love our bank. I love our organization. I love the folks that, uh, that work there, our team. I love what we stand for, what our shareholders allow us to do in the community. And I think it goes all the way back to the very beginning. We were founded in 1920, and Mr. Light Maxey founded our bank. What's really neat about our bank is that uh, we're in our third generation of family ownership. So Mr. Maxey's grandchildren own the bank today. And they knew their grandfather. So even though the bank is 100 years old, we have ties that go back directly to the man that founded our bank. And I think that's really special. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you take a family-owned community bank that has our size and our capabilities, uh, we're able to do really most anything that any bank can do. But we're able to do that with community bank service, local ownership, local decisions, uh, and and we're able to give back and to support the community. And I think that that's pretty special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Bonnie, I'll ask you, what makes your bank stand out in your opinion? Well, two things. First of all, the employees, our team members, many of us have worked at other banks and primarily large corporate banks. And we kind of got tired of the corporate minutia that goes on with large companies and really wanted to, you know, um, concentrate on the business here in Central Florida. So the fact that we've got highly trained uh, people with great experience and knowledge and a history of banking working here, that makes us very unique. And then I think second, the fact that customers know us, they know they can reach us. I get contacted Sometime on the weekends, sometimes in the evenings, they know that their banker really is going to give them that personalized level of service that so many people want. And although technology plays such an important role in banking and access to bank accounts and information in this day and time, 
there is still a strong desire to be able to talk to somebody and know that that person on the other end of the phone understands the issue Mm -hmm. and is going to take care of it. So I think that's the really big difference is our local um, ability to take action and to take action quickly Mm -hmm. and make quick decisions. When even when I got married, it was funny because changing your name when you get married it's actually for you fellas out there that don't have to do anything it's actually kind of annoying (laughs) you have to walk around with your marriage certificate everywhere you go and all that but it was so refreshing to walk into the bank and the branch manager already had all my paperwork ready just for when the next time i came in for me to sign the paperwork and get it all set to change my name so there there is that right there is just one example of how it's so wonderful to have your banking team know you and know what's going on in your life. Um, And you mentioned technology. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. If I could, I really think that it's a four-prong approach. And there are other places that get this right, but I'd like to think, I hope that we get this right every day. Uh, But the first one is with customers, and that entails a lot of different things from service to products to locations. And then there's the community. And I think that... uh, our commitment to the community is something that we're serious about, and it's not just something that we talk about. Uh, it's our employees. I think that we have to be a good place to work, a place where employees want to work, and once they get there, they're successful. And when we have that foundation, I think it's a little easier to get the very best help out there. And then, of course, we do this for a return for our shareholders. And I think you'll see a lot of companies, and not just in banking, they might forego one for the other, but I really think when you can be successful and you can be true to all four of those things, your customers, your employees, your community, and your shareholders, that you're really doing something right. Absolutely. And one thing, um, Chad, for you, a lot for our listeners that may not be a customer of a community bank um, and wonder about what technology is available. And that's one thing that I have um been pl- very pleasantly surprised. Pretty much anything that I can do uh, at a big bank, I can do at Citizens Bank, especially when it comes to technology. So explain to our listeners a little bit about what um, services that you all offer when it comes to technology. Sure. We strive to try to have every service that one of the regional banks would have because our customers come to expect those. Um, we provide all of currently all the the online banking, the mobile check deposit, the remote check deposit, um, the ability to um, uh, process wires and ACHs. And we, we have all of the same features that exist at the regional banks. Um, and what we do is, as a new technology might come out, um, we're not the first one to introduce it, but we are an early adopter of that. And as we um, as we adopt that technology, our customers have come to expect that if they're going to bank somewhere, they want to have all of the all the same features. They're not going to come and and bank if they don't have those features. And and we constantly look to um, identify new technologies, emerging technologies, to um, increase our customers' accessibility to our staff that they can talk with them and have access to them. There's a movement right now among many regional banks where they'll use technology to lessen the interaction between customers. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and and we, we hear a lot of frustration coming from folks and how pleasantly surprised they are that they can do all of the, you know, if they want to use the electronic channel, they have that ability. Mm-hmm. Or they can come in and uh, talk directly to a real person and not be penalized because they want to come to the teller line and talk with a human being. It's nice to have both, I think. 
technology than being able to talk to people who you know are going to take care of you. So I think that's a great um, aspect. Um, and then I wanted to ask, too, what's in store for Citizens Bank for 2020? Well, from a technology standpoint, um, there's constantly new things that are coming out, um, and we're looking to leverage technology to, to try to provide even greater personal service um, and provide it in a manner that's convenient for our customers. Um, we, we want to leverage technology to increase customer service and not replace customer service. That's, that's really what differentiates us. And so when we look to, here's a, new, here's a new avenue for individuals to exchange money between each other, okay, so we're going to evaluate that and put that into place so our customers will be um, have those services at hand, but also not to the expense of um, missing out on that customer service that they need. So, Greg, Citizen seems to have a knack for recruiting the most well-known, beloved community bankers um, to your team. Is this an intentional strategy? Of course it is. Um, <laughs> and and any time that we have a position that we need to fill, it's always my intention to get the very best candidate that we can to fill that job. And I think that we've been very successful at that. And so I can tell you from our standpoint, that's why we do that. And I'd like, you know, Bonnie is a prime example of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when we needed somebody to come and run private banking, I was intent on getting the very best person that we could to fill that role. So I think Bonnie can probably give you some insight as to wh why in the world would you come? Yeah. Well, and for me, it was definitely, I wanted to go to a company that really aligned itself with my personal values as well as my professional values. And you know, I've been a Polk County resident my whole life, you know, other than the four years I went away to college. So Polk County is important to me. This is where, you know, I will probably live my the rest of my life, which hopefully will be a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so when I looked at my choices, and I did have some choices, and there were some really good opportunities for me, I just felt like Citizens Bank and Trust was the one that aligned with that desire. And our involvement in the community, our support of the community, that is so important uh, to me and to my family. And, um, and then just meeting with Greg, you know, he is such a wonderful bank president. <laughs> And I had worked with our EVP, uh, Wayman Snugs, before 20 years ago at another corporate bank. So I knew what I was getting myself into with him. I knew Greg because we had both been in leadership polk together for a year, several years previously. So I felt just very comfortable. And it, it's kind of funny because... I've worked with a lot of the people that work at Citizens Bank at previous banks, and now we're all together again. So it's kind of like the band's back together again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it is a wonderful place to work. And I joke with Greg all the time. I said, I really drank the Kool-Aid of CB&T. But it is, it is a great place. And it's, it's a place that when you get up on Monday morning, you don't drag going to work. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. no. And that and makes all the difference. Yeah. I'm very patient, too. Uh, yes. Bonnie didn't mention, but my recruitment of Bonnie was a span of several years <laughs> off and on. Well, wow. I think you did a good job. I think Absolutely. you found the right home, which is I great. don't make a quick decision sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your loyalty to the companies you work for, Bonnie. I think that, that speaks a lot. So, Chad, you had mentioned um, uh, before we started recording about some just very unique stories with the history of the bank. And I think 100 years is... 
Um, you don't hear a lot of businesses that have been in business for 100 years that make it for 100 years. But really in the banking industry, it's uh, always this evolution of uh, I worked for Barnett, then Barnett got bought by X, then blah, blah, blah. So, you know, what does that mean to you to work for a company that's been in business for 100 years? And do you have a favorite history story that you want to share? I, I do. Um, when I came to the bank, this is actually the first job that I had in banking. I came directly out of uh, technology and more the government side of things. And uh, I really um, fell in love with some of the stories that were told um, about the bank, especially when it was founded. Um, my favorite story, I think, and I, um, I may defer to Greg so he uh, makes sure he gets all the details correct, but during um, the stock market crash, um, uh, the founder of the bank, Mr. Lat Maxi, um, there was great concern about running a bank and having adequate funds there for everyone. And so he, there was a newspaper article that talked about it. And when I heard about it, I, I really, the first time I heard the story, I kind of thought, yeah, that might be true, but there might be a little bit of tall tale in this story here. Um, but it wasn't. He he got on a train. He went to New York City, I believe is where it was. He took out, do you remember how much money? It was a, a, an extremely large amount of money um, on personal credit and carried it back in um, suitcases back on the train, sat the money down <laughs> on the counter and said, here's the money. You guys can have it. And the decision amongst the town was, um, it's probably safer here than it would be <laughs> under um, your mattress. <laughs> under our mattress. You keep it here. And but the fact that he did that on his own personal credit in order to address that situation of a potential run of the bank. I mean that 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 story in of itself. I. I, I'm amazed every time I hear or tell that story just because it's so it's incredulous that that I mean that's that's the situation and he on his own took out his own money to make sure that the town was was assured that they had the funds they needed in a time of a of a great crash and a and the Great Depression was beginning. That sounds like it's straight up out of It's a Wonderful Life. You it, know, it George, is. George Bailey yeah. taking his honeymoon money right out of his pocket. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Well, I want to thank all of you so much for being here today and being a part of our new podcast series. Um, you know, you have been wonderful supporters of the Chamber of Commerce and of all of the staff very personally. And we want to thank you for being a part of our community and the community being one of those four foundational pillars for your bank. So again, Greg, Bonnie, Chad, thank you so much for Thanks being here. Thanks for having us, Katie. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. The next segment is one we are calling How I Got Here which will focus on people's interesting stories about the journey that brought them to Winter Haven and what they are doing today. Our guests today are Angie and Patrice with Amani Joes. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank Hi, you. Thank you Thanks for, having, for us. having us. We are so excited to have you here today. I am such an admirer of your story and just the family connection uh, that brought your story. So tell our listeners that may not be familiar um, with you or with your business, tell us a little bit about how you got to Winter Haven. Okay. Well, we were starting off with life. And actually, the story is about the same for me and Angie both. We got married the same year. I started off a little earlier, though, with having kids and, like, mm -hmm. getting out of my mom's house and wanting to find my own place. <laughs> right. So um, 
Literally, we picked out on a map what was like the cheapest apartment, and it was Berkshire on Avenue K. <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. I love the science behind that. Yeah, that was it. We could have ended up from like Kissimmee to like Hain City. To, we didn't know where we were going, but Berkshire was the cheapest. It was like 400 something a month. Uh-huh. Me and my husband were like, we got this. Our daughter was six months old at the time. Oh my gosh. So that's how we ended up in Winter Haven. That's oh, wow. really the, that's the story. Well, we have the Berkshire apparently to thank for that. Yes. So yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and a little bit about your family background. So, um, you know, you um, were, weren't born in the United States. So talk a little bit about that and how you kind of ended up here. We were both actually, we were both, her, me, Patrice, and another um, sibling, my brother, PJ, we were all born in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And then so at the age of five, my mom decided, listen, I'm tired of this. I want something better. I want something more for the kids. Mm-hmm. So she first dropped me off to my aunt. And then like probably like six months later, she brought Patrice and PJ, which was hard. This girl ride for my mom separation <laughs> anxiety at its best for oh, real my goodness. mom had to literally take off a necklace it's like look i'm coming back for my necklace i'm coming back for you stop crying <laughs> um and she came back so maybe within like a year's time we've like everybody came over and just from there we started off in miami the place everybody starts when you come right. to america <laughs> yeah we um, did it very like kind of storybook like mom sends the kids mom comes back after she thinks she has enough money to start a life right. family members help out until they get on their own right. feet yeah. yeah and then from there we ended up in central florida because like back in 98 orlando was booming that's when all the hotels were starting to come up mm-hmm. and so from there we moved to central florida and then from central florida to poinciana okay because at the time poinciana was starting to build up too so that's when my mom bought her first home mm-hmm. And what's your mom's history? Tell us about your mom. Okay, well, (laughs) my mom was a young, spoiled Catholic school girl. (laughs) So that's all she knew, really. I mean, she... She's like a princess, really, she was. And that's kind of how she raised us. Even in poverty, we were raised as little, you know, dynasty kids. I can't even lie. <laughs> so her her history is um, a lot of hard work. She told us, you know, very briefly a story about how her mom actually came over to the Bahamas. I mean, from Haiti, because that's where our original roots are from. She came on a raft. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, wow. and made it over. She um, had my mom and her brother at the time in the Bahamas and... She, I guess, had the same story as my mom has. It's just like came from nothing, so I'm going to give my kids everything. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why my mom was raised that way. But that was that's like my mom, hard worker. Anything you want, go for it. You can do it. Doesn't matter where you're from or how long it takes to get there, but you can do it. So my mom always had that mentality, and she put that in us major. Mm-hmm. She's just like struggle from the beginning, but you can do it type. Mm-hmm. Definitely know, a dreamer. A dreamer. Right. Yeah, a I dreamer. Yeah. She like I, one of the bracelets that she brought me it was actually from Avon, and it had dreamer on it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all pulled that from her because right. sometimes we're like, are we really gonna do this? But we always hear in our ear like, no, you really gonna do it. <laughs> like if I told my mom yeah. I wanted to be an actress, she'd be like, you are. <laughs> Like and Aww. she said it was such like definitively you like okay I, I'm definitely doing this yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and how many siblings do you have? There's six of us, three boys, three wow. girls. So she, was, she was a superhero as well absolutely. as a dreamer, girl. Yeah, yes. and it's weird because she took a break. I mean, the first three of us—that's the ones that were born in the Bahamas. Um, my mom took like an almost ten-year gap before she had her next set and. When she had him, it was not at an ideal time in her life. But, I mean, she made it work. And mm-hmm. we're all, I could say, we're all living good and thriving. I'm right. really and proud of my little brothers because they could be 
doing whatever, but they're doing good. So, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. And oh, she nursed all of us. Really? Girl, yeah. yes. Oh, oh my six. God. And pushed us oh. all out naturally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, um, as um, uh, just a mother of one now, I can't imagine doing right. that for I can't six. imagine it. We was in the house with her. I can't uh, imagine we, either. That is so crazy. you can tell that you guys have a lot of admiration for your mom. So oh, yeah. I know that Amani Joes is a tribute to your mom. Could you speak a little bit to that as yes. far as the business side of it? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, my mom did pass away in 2017 from ovarian cancer. She was 48, um, mm. so it was very fast, very unexpected, because she was very healthy, even mm-hmm. with all that she went through. But um, literally a month after she passed away, I don't even know if it was like a month to the date or if it was around the date, but we were out thrifting because it's something that we like to do, like as a bonding thing, and we found an old bus behind a um, thrift store. And we had already had an idea in our minds that we would start a business. We just didn't know what. And then we kind of had the idea it should be a coffee shop because of all the background of coffee in our lives and our with our grandmother. But once we saw that, I was just like, yeah, that's that's the that's the coffee bus. That's Amani Joe's. That's our coffee uh-huh. shop. Like, that's enough. Like, no overhead, you know, thinking business wise. So literally it was a month after my mom passed away. So it, it wow. was just wow. the timing was crazy. It was like it was fate. That, yes. At that moment Absolutely. that you saw it. Even now, the way it worked out, yeah. Now, you mentioned um, the history of coffee with your grandmother. In case people aren't familiar with that, I love that story. Talk a little <laughs> bit about that story. So every morning, my grandmother, and my mom told me this has been like that even her whole life. Every morning she would make coffee. But we, mind you, we left Bahamas when I was five years old. Patrice was four. So we didn't really know that. It's not until we went back after we got married um, and gained legal status. We actually went back to the Bahamas. And every single morning she would get up. And she was in her 80s. She would get up make a pot of coffee she'd make and she'll set it down mind you she couldn't drink it anymore because she said at that time her body didn't so much agree with it mm-hmm. she did this little thing it's so funny she'll go outside pour a little bit for her dead homies <laughs> and, and she even told me she was like you know you have to do this for me too and i'm like okay yeah that's definitely what i'm gonna do for you no that's not happening and every morning at least 10 people will stop by and get coffee wow so and she, we got treated so good because of that because mm-hmm. you know we didn't i didn't go back to the bahamas until that was I think 19. I left when I was four. Mm -hmm. So all these people that are her friends, they don't really know us. Our pictures are on the walls, but they don't know Mm -hmm. me like personally. But when we visited, they treated us like we were their favorite people just because our grandmother gave them coffee every morning for free. And it was like, she was running her own coffee shop. She literally was for free though. For free. Exactly. With no profit. So as a business person, you're like, oh, I'm going to do that. For real. Um, But it was, it was about connection. It was. She had, and she would always say that. She said, I have so many friends. She's like, I have friends in Canada and England. She said, when I die, a lot of people are going to miss me. And she is so right. Yeah. yeah. Her funeral was huge. She passed away in 2012 and we, you know went back for that and it was you would never know that that was a you know an immigrant because still she never got status in the bahamas either <laughs> oh, our wow. family is just full of immigrants yeah. let me just say that right now <laughs> That's but we're nomads <laughs> yes but she was an immigrant who did not speak the language because the language of the bahamas is english it's mm-hmm. not creole or anything else it's english and she never spoke the language but she had oh, wow. It was a whole move she in that island. She spoke through coffee, though. She, she really did. Coffee. She did. Yeah. And you guys are carrying on that legacy. It's amazing. <laughs> so um, I'm a triplet. I have a brother and a sister the same age Ooh, as well. Cool. And okay, that's I, cool. I could never imagine starting a business with them or working with them on a daily basis. So Ooh, girl, what's it? what is it like working with your sisters? <laughs> it's hard. No lie. Yesterday, I walked away. Me and Patrice were talking about it's what we're going to do for today and then tomorrow for the ribbon cutting. Mm-hmm. And I walked away and I was like, listen, if she wasn't my sister, 
sister. Oh my gosh. So it's hard, but the greatest thing my mother ever, I think she did for us was the unity of family and making us rely on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Patrice or PJ at the time before the younger siblings came, if they got in trouble, oh, I was getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. So now it carries on in our business. So even days when we want to be mad at each other, it's like, no, you messed up, but no, all of us messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did good, so no, all of us are doing well. Yeah. So it, it the, you, the bond she building us up being responsible for each other it helps us it so much on through business. business and yeah. that helps because it's like if we didn't have that bond if we didn't actually care about each other i could leave the bus one day like so mad and be like i'm just not going back or i'm not going back tomorrow because i have an attitude and it's like no if i don't mm-hmm. go back tomorrow it's not just affecting me it's affecting the business that means right. it's affecting my sister so mm-hmm. we still have that responsibility each other with the, for each other even though right but it is it's hard, hard. It's, hard. <laughs> it's hard but we get i don't know we laugh and vh is a great buffer being the youngest and just kind of being more carefree than me and Patrice. like yeah. so she's Sometimes like she's, she's like just, it's really not that serious no, she's like girl it's not that deep and then we all just bust out laughing or something for our podcast know. listeners the sister is sitting on the couch shaking her head going <laughs> <laughs> i love it a silent love it. partner yeah yes, you can always. you can tell how much you guys love each other though i mean yeah. you can fe- literally feel the love emanating from Absolutely. you which is oh, so important <laughs> so you guys have been in business for one year congratulations first of all um what thank is you. your biggest takeaway from your first year in business mm. it's hard <laughs> yeah i would say that for real I mean, and someone told us this. Oh, you know who it was? Uh, oh, what's his name? His name Chris? Sean from Sean, the Frame Sean. Store in downtown. Oh, Sean Greer. Yep, yeah. He said, uh, if it was easy, people wouldn't do it. He's like, it's and it's not for everyone. He mm-hmm. told us that. That's before we opened Imani Joe's. We were still asking for contacts for just different things, different ideas. Now I know what he means. Mm-hmm. It is not for the weak. It is not for the lighthearted. And it's like we have a small little coffee bus. You know, Bree, you've been in there. You've seen the diameters of that space but it's so cute guys it's absolutely it's, adorable in there you're it. immediately cooler <laughs> but when you walk in. Yes. but it's tiny you know and it's like for something to be that small but take up so much of your time so much of your energy so much of your dedication and hard work it's really hard to run any kind of business like i respect any small business owner and i mean but i think we've learned a lot resilience too because i think i'm more resilient now since i've done that and, I, and we've been through that. some things. I mean, we have been through down. some things, but <laughs> the bus burnt down. Oh yeah, girl, all twenty-seven, and yeah. Oh my goodness, our bus broke down. Oh, broke our, down. Uh, I thought you said burnt down, and oh, I'm like, no, what? <laughs> oh, <let laughs> <it not>. no. <laughs> that would be bad. That would be. That would really bad. have to that show some bad. resilience <laughs> if that happened. <laughs> but you know, I. Uh, it's funny. Um, uh, do you, have you had the opportunity to meet George and Saritha Tinsley yet? They uh, own the KFC, KFC franchise in Auburndale. Oh, no. So, I know where they live, though. Yeah, when they started <laughs> their uh, business, uh, their entire uh, place burnt down. And they served oh. out of a van. They went around See? and served their Kentucky Fried Chicken out of a van wow. um, until they could rebuild their store. So That's and inspiring. It's the resilience. That's yeah, inspiring. It's all about resilience. So, yeah. um, so what, you know, you've talked about how hard it is. What advice would you give to a young entrepreneur just starting their business now that you've been through the, the, the ringer this first year? We always say listen to people. Like, listen to people. And you know who ha- who has your, you know, best interests at heart. You can tell right away. They're just coming out and reaching out to you because they want to help you. Listen to them. You don't know everything. I don't care what major you're is in college. Just listen to them. Take their advice. Be very humble because those same people, you will probably have to go back to them and ask for help. And, you know, it's a community business. We call it that because the community helped us mm-hmm. in every way. So 
I would just say, listen to people, you know, be humble, be kind, no matter what. Mm -hmm. I don't care if the thing just broke down and you just got the first espresso and someone's rushing you. Say please and thank you and be nice to them because they're going to come back and help you in some way, even if it's just a post. So, yeah, yeah, be kind, be humble, listen, because it's not just a one man show. It never will be. I don't care what you're doing. Definitely (laughs) agree. You're not self-made. It's community made. No one's self-made. Yeah, just listen. Listen to your elders. Take advice. Well, it's been such a pleasure to speak with both of you today. Um, it's like listening to a motivational speech. Like Absolutely. I feel so amped up that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> today. So I'm going to go have the most productive day after listening to you two. You I really so are too. amazing. I hope. I hope. This, I'm happy you feel that way because sometimes we have to amp each other up to like, girl, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's um, you have certainly given a beautiful tribute to your mother and your grandmother um, you. and, and what you have brought to us in Winter Haven. And we wish you continued success. We know you're going to thrive um, just because of who the three of you are yes. and your personalities and your love and, and your Thank whole family. You. I, I love uh, when I read the article in Haven and you talked about your siblings getting together and being very intentional with keeping that family tie together. Yes. So again, oh, yeah. thank yeah. you so much, Patrice and Angie with Amani Joes. And be sure that you stop by the coffee truck. Do not miss an amazing cup of coffee and to get your morning motivation. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of local businesses in the Winter Haven community, including our presenting sponsor, Fred Simons Insurance Agency. That's right. There's a new farmer's insurance agent in your neighborhood. Meet Fred Simons with the Fred Simons Insurance Agency located at 325 Avenue C Southwest, Winter Haven, Florida. As the road you travel changes, so can your insurance needs. Give Fred Simons a call today at 863-259-1826 so he can help you as you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. That's Farmers Insurance Agent Fred Simons at 863-259-1826. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Today's health and wellness segment is sponsored by Smoothie Squad. Smoothie Squad is a new, hip, and modern restaurant located at 319 Cypress Gardens Boulevard in the Walmart Plaza. They serve smoothies, smoothie bowls, wraps, flatbreads, salads, and so much more. If you're looking to make 2020 your year for health and wellness, stop in at Smoothie Squad, where being healthy is fun and delicious. Learn more at smoothie-squad.com, where you can explore the menu and also order ahead online. I absolutely love Smoothie Squad. The Reduce J smoothie is my favorite so far. Yeah, they have incredible things on the menu. One of my favorite things is the flatbreads. It's delicious and everything tastes super fresh. Yep, and all the ingredients are listed out on the menu. So if you have any dietary allergies or anything like that, it's all there. So it really is a great place. We highly recommend you stopping by to check it out. Today's guest for our health and wellness segment may not be the first person you think of. Carrie Wilson is an attorney who is the president of real estate firm 610 LLC. But his passions are far-reaching, one of which is yoga and the benefits it provides to the whole being. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Well, thank you very much. 
Yeah, we're so happy that we could have you. Um, One of the hot topics of the new year is always health and wellness. People are trying to find new ways to get healthy, um, whether that be emotionally, physically. Um, So we know that you have an interest in yoga. So we wanted to start out asking what first interested you in yoga? Well, that was a long time ago, Bree. <laughs> uh, I was I grew up in Winter Haven and uh, used to work in the library as a page for many, many years. And uh, so I got exposed to a lot of different things. And when I went off to college, uh, I knew about yoga but had never done yoga. And suddenly one day, uh, a Swami and a bunch of people from the Vishnu Divananda School uh, showed up at Duke University. And uh, so I went to class and uh, went back the next day and, and uh, just felt good, you know, just felt good after I did it. And uh, so after that, I've just been following it for since then. Oh, wow. For wow. many years, many years. And what are the benefits of yoga for listeners that might not be familiar? Well, you know, you can go down the list and there's a lot of um, science and frankly, pseudoscience about various things. But um uh, you know, the basic thing that everybody reports is that it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. It improves your mood. Um, it uh, improves your energy during the day. Um, you, people will talk to you about it increases their sexual performance. Mm-hmm. People will tell you it's great uh, from a dietetic standpoint as far as a, a good digestive system, not necessarily losing weight. Uh, you know, there's books out there that will give you a yoga pose for everything that ails you. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I always just tell people, uh, you know, do it and mm-hmm. see what happens. I've never, I've never gone, gotten onto a yoga mat and come off of it and said, well, I think I wasted my time. Mm. So for me, I've actually never done yoga. I know nothing about yoga. So I was really excited actually to hear more about it because I've been interested in possibly getting into it. Um, so what advice would you give to someone like me who's a beginner and really doesn't know much about it? Well, you know, come down, come down to Inside Out Yoga. Uh, we've got a lot of classes uh, designed for beginners. Uh, we promote in all the classes, promote a, a beginner's mind. Um, you know, the first time you do yoga and the second or third time do yoga, your experience can be very similar to the person who's done it 5,000 times. Uh, it's just about a matter of getting up to your edge being aware of your body, um, uh, coordinating your breath with movement. Uh, and you, you don't have to know much to do that. You just have to, to, to concentrate a little bit and try and do it. And it helps with people like our instructors at Inside Out are, are very you know compassionate. They're very uh, um, liberal in their instruction, uh, meaning that there's no absolute really right way to do this. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of feeling your way with your own body into into a position uh, uh, and into breath that that uh, seems right to you. So you mentioned Inside Out Yoga. Tell us, one, where it's located. We're at 52 4th Street Northwest, right downtown on the park. And what can someone expect when they come to an Inside Out Yoga class? Meaning, what are the types of classes that you offer? And then what does one need to be prepared for when they come in? Well, we don't allow any goats uh, in the studio. <laughs> no goat yoga. No goat oh. yoga. Darn. Uh, we don't do hot yoga because it's already too hot here in Winter Haven anyway. <laughs> That's true. Um, um, th- there are some um, striations of, of degrees of, of, of difficulty. We offer, um, you know, uh, on the hard edge, you know, kind of the power flow classes where you can really get a workout. 
Mm-hmm. I've never sweated as much as any kind of physical activity in a good a good power yoga class. Mm. But many many more of the classes um, are um, more hatha yoga, um, traditional yoga, and we offer um, two uh, chair yoga classes currently for people who really can't get down on the ground, mm. but just sitting in the chair and paying attention to your breath and doing certain movements are very, very beneficial. So Yeah, that's one thing I wondered too, because um, for example, somebody that has arthritis in their wrist mm-hmm. and putting weight on their wrist is mm-hmm. difficult for them. So chair yoga would be a great alternative for them? Yes. And uh, and even if you have troubles with your wrist, uh, so many of uh, the asana uh, or the quote poses um, have variations that um, our instructors are quick to offer and, mm-hmm. and to demonstrate. So if you have something that does maybe limit your movement in some way, you just let the instructor know and sure. they'll be sure to yeah. modify. The first, you know, the first class come a little bit early and we'll get you to sign mm-hmm. up, sign a waiver. You're not going to sue us for whatever you do. <laughs> um, and uh, even if you don't have a mat, we've got a lot of extra mats there and you can try it and, and see what you think. Nice. Um, I have one more question. Do you have to be flexible to do yoga? Because I have to be honest, I'm not flexible at all, and it's a concern of mine. <laughs> well, you know, that's a really interesting question. I'm, there's a clever saying about that I wish I could remember, but if you were flexible, why would you do yoga? <laughs> um, yeah. um, it, everybody has got, um, uh, you know, a unique body, um, and yoga on the physical dimension is just about exploring the edges of your mm-hmm. body. And that's what I say. Your experience could be the same as a, a 50-year veteran. Right. You know, we're both going to bend over just to where we can and relax and feel that edge and, and maybe go a little further mm-hmm. as we breathe into it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being a guest with us here today. I want to make sure that our listeners uh, know that, again, Inside Out Yoga is located in downtown Winter Haven, right on Central Park. Great location, close to many restaurants and various other things to do. So come downtown. They have lunchtime classes too, I believe, don't they? So if you work in the downtown core and are looking for a a nice way to find your center, maybe in the middle of a work day, uh, check out the schedule with Inside Out Yoga. And Carrie, thank you so much again for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. We're so excited to have the Chamber's event coordinator, Karen Spear, with us on the show today. Our event segment will cover all things happening in the Haven. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. In Winter Haven, there are an abundant amount of events and activities happening around town, and today I'd like to highlight a few that are upcoming. Winter Haven's Farmer's Market is every Saturday now through May 16th in downtown Winter Haven on 3rd Street. January 31st, we have State of the City with City Manager Mike Hare and his team. February 7th and 8th, Smoke on the Water barbecue competition. February 16th, singer-songwriter Elizabeth Cook at Graham Parsons Dairy Down. February 20th, our annual Taste of Winter Haven, which is a beer, wine, and food event. February 20th through March 22nd, Theater Winter Haven's production of Kinky Boots. And March 7th, Community Fest, which is a free family fun festival in downtown Winter Haven. Thank you so much, Karen, for the update. We appreciate you joining us on the show today. To stay up to date on all of our community events, check out our website at winterhavenchamber.com or check out our social media pages at Winter Haven Chamber. 
So I know we just got this podcast thing started, but I am both incredibly proud and very sad to say that after a little over three years with us at the Winter Haven Chamber, my co-host Bree is moving on to a new gig. She has been an invaluable asset to our organization from when she started with us as a college student at Southeastern University and has grown so much in her time here. We wish her the best of luck in her newest endeavor and know she will be wildly successful in whatever she does in the future. We love you, Bree. I love you guys so much. I've learned so much at the Chamber. It's been an incredible season of my life um, and something that I'll never forget um, being a part of such an incredible team. Um, incredible people and watching a collaborative community unfold has been really special so well thank you so much we're gonna really miss you but you're not going far so. not far at all <laughs> so we know we'll get to see you a lot and you'll still be a, a staple in winter haven so absolutely thank you katie so on that note i would like to introduce our listeners to my newest co-host rachel lawrence rachel started with us as our marketing coordinator at the chamber on january 6th and has a breadth of experience in marketing and pr and it's also an amazing photographer as well so welcome to the team and the podcast rachel thank you so much katie i'm so excited to be here so that wraps up this episode of it's happening in the haven we'd like to thank our guests for today's podcast Greg Littleton, Bonnie Parker, and Chad Tagtoe with Citizens Bank and Trust, Patrice Williams and Angie Batten from Imani Joe's Coffee, Carrie Wilson from Inside Out Yoga, and lastly, our very own Karen Spear, events coordinator with the Winter Haven Chamber. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber of Commerce, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are helping to shape its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home.